0: Welcome to the 457th episode of Just One More Thing. That's probably not right. Um, I'm having a conversation with my good friend Matt Specht, uh, local musician, local community theater actor, not-so-local community theater actor, (laughs) not-so-local musician. I mean, you've been all over the place, Um, I think it's fair to say. But um, in the spirit of the podcast and just having conversations with interesting conversations with interesting people um it's not very difficult for me and matt to spark up a conversation about nothing and then carry on that conversation for hours um so
1: i I feel like i've been misled though you told me this was only the 406th episode i didn't realize i was 457
0: well um everybody lies and uh (laughs) i guess that was just one of those lies um because i needed you to do this episode so (laughs) i figured if i you know undersold it you'd be like okay i guess i can come on there i help you boost your numbers but you know number (laughs) (laughs) i'm
1: sorry your next episode will go (laughs) aluminum Uh, that's that took me a second Uh, that's funny
0: so for the tens of people that um, are listening to this episode thanks for tuning in uh, nothing fancy as far as an intro is concerned, but just wanted to have a chat. Um, I realize it's been a long time since I, um, recorded an episode and, uh, I apologize. Um, you know, that's life. I'm just got lots of shit going on. By the way, um, you know, there might be some, uh, very casual and gratuitous use of the F word and other colorful language. So, um, don't listen to this at church, um, or at work without earphones in. Um, if you're easily offended, perhaps now's the time to turn on the Teletubbies podcast and shut the fucking podcast off. Right, change the fucking channel, huh? <laughs> so, um, Matt, you and I, holy we go shit. back way. We go way back. I love it. Two thousand and five. Um, but who's counting? Right. I had. I didn't just. I mean, graduated high school in two thousand four. So you were probably, really? Yeah, you were what? Twenty four at the time. twenty <laughs> four. Yeah, what, 24. yeah. Matt was twenty four. Yeah. Um, you it was know,
1: four hundred and first episode. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's for my OnlyFans channel, but um, but we we were we did a show together at a local theater. Wh- whose name I, I don't uh, seem to recall, but um. <laughs> But uh, It was a good show. It was a great show. It was, a, it was The Music Man. And I had just done that show in high school and I loved it and it was a lot of fun. And,
1: and you were the Music Man, if I remember correctly. You yeah, were Harold Hill. In I was high Harold school. Hill
0: in my high school production, which, you know, obviously it's a high school production. So it's a high school production. Um,
1: but I got a lot. You gave me a lot of notes on my performance. I, I, you I, know, I got a lot from you.
0: I, I got to say that I was a kid. That was my first theater experience outside of high school and i didn't understand like that's not something that you do um and (laughs) it's it's really not i was kidding no no there were i do specifically remember a couple of times that i actually said hey this is the way that you should do it i don't remember that i do i wouldn't be i do no i would i I
1: almost said i wouldn't be talking to you if i remembered that but it
0: makes me cringe thinking about me telling you like hey you're supposed to time it this way, not this way. So
1: here, well, I don't know if you remember this, but in the read through, I um, Harold Hill says to made the Madam Librarian. He goes, "Howdy do." Yeah, and I read it in the read through as Hody do." Yeah, that's.
0: And do you remember that? <laughs> and yeah. yeah, so well, that also became a big inside joke throughout Hody-do. the run. We would yeah. always say "hoody do." Yeah. Um, but um, so that in this production.
1: At- let's 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 go back a second though. Okay. Cause I want to touch on this. You said that you look back and cringe. I think I, I read this on the internet not too long ago. When you look back and cringe at stuff, like there's it's almost like there's two kinds of people. People that look back and wish they could be like they were when they were young and they just think they're always perfect. And sure. then there's people that look back and go, Yeah, that was cringy. And the people that look back and say, That was cringy, those are people who grow and and well, are I better mean, people now. I'm not
0: like you know, it doesn't keep me up at night, but I do remember because that was my first, um, you know, I'll call it professional theater experience because every experience I had was professional quality. But like, you know, I was 20 and I had never, ever done a show outside of high school. And I thought, you know, I'm seeing the things, you know, the show's still fresh in my mind and everything. And I'm just really excited. And I thought what I was doing was helpful. But now having been involved in theater now for my entire adult life, those are the things that probably drive everyone crazy. It certainly drives me crazy because no one, but the director should be telling you how something should be done. So that's my, I guess that's my sort of take on it. Not that I cringe, but I I sort of think like when someone does that to me now, I'm like, Oh, you, yeah, you, you gnash your teeth,
1: but, but it's, it's helpful. There's, I think there's two different kinds of people too. There's as far as people who give notes, Yeah. there's, you know, A lot of times, I would say the vast majority of the time, it's coming from a place of like... Just excitement and, and 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 love and like, you know, wanting to help. Yeah. Um, there are the junior directors. There are the people who want to be in charge, and which yep. they were in charge and want to boss yep. other people around. And I've been around those kinds of people on stage, but that wasn't. I would guess that's not why. That's why I don't remember whatever it was you yeah, said is it, because we were all having a ton of fun in that. Yeah. That was a fun and fucking we, show.
0: We did five weekends that's that right show. we that's, did five, it was five weekends before we Jesus even opened Christ. it was five weekends yeah but yeah and you know there were double show days too so like not only is it five weekends of performances there were weekends where we did double performances um but like you know the coolest thing that i well one of the cool things i remember was when we were doing or when you guys were doing the opening rock island train scene oh, yeah. which is a, a wonderful scene and like you guys would start doing the the thing in timing, yeah. And I was sort of in doing the audience the going, and then they asked me, "Hey, can you do that all the time?" And I said, "Sure." What do you want me to do? They're like, "We're just going to give you this microphone, and as they're doing it, just do that and keep them, it'll help keep them in time." So I was the. The train sound effect in that production, because the theater
1: guild uses recorded tracks. Correct, and it's hard to get a recorded track that gradually increases speed throughout the course. So it was much
0: more natural and easy to have you do it, right? Because I could adjust to the tempo. Mouth. Right, yeah. that's what she said. But like, you know, <laughs> if you think <laughs> that's number one, we'll keep a, we'll keep a get running. talent. Yeah, ding. Um, but back then cuz you were talking this is almost 20 years ago tracks were sort of a new thing in musical theater and, and so, they didn't sound
1: as good as they no, do nowadays because
0: i've i've seen some very very old clips of the show someone had a recording or whatever and like i heard the music and i'm like ooh the, that, that sounds casio keyboard yeah, sound like yeah like they took a nokia brick phone and said all right let's <laughs> let's let's score this thing yeah but um Man, so many great people we met. um, I mean, that's one of my favorite theater
1: memories is that in between two of those shows, I stuffed myself with too much greasy pizza, (laughs) and uh, it gave me an upset stomach. Huh? So during the Wells Fargo Wagon, I was shitting my brains out <laughs> in the dressing room. I mean, it was I mean, it was like bridesmaids, like it's coming out of me like <laughs> lava. lava. It was dumb <laughs> look and dumb. Away. Away. Yes. <laughs> it was that I mean, I was in costume. I was worried about splashing on my costume. It was coming out of me. Yeah. And literally at the end of Wells Fargo Wagon is when i we were just talking about yes, this we before. Were. <laughs> like I <laughs> I was zipping up my costume in the dressing room, (laughs) praying to God that I didn't have dirty toilet paper hanging out of my costume when I heard my cue to go on stage. And it took a while for me to get from the dressing room on stage.
0: Well, I remember, you know, because my memory is what it is, but, like, I remember certain events because they're just so vivid in my mind. And I just remember that happening because you rant, like, as fast as I've ever seen someone run... (laughs) you you, Usain bolted off the stage in in leather soled bostonian dress shoes in a i and i don't know if it was a a double-breasted was this for music man yeah for music man and like like poof into the bathroom and someone's like
1: after after the uh the rock island thing yeah what do you talk what do you talk yeah
0: and and you know when you had to go to the bathroom um someone's like where's matt where's matt i'm like i think he's going to the bathroom oh and then there's people that are doing like walk-ons for the stage just to you know they're basically just to scene help fill the scene yeah. right? and then you know the 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 ASMs are telling them oh don't, don't turn around and go back just walk across we got to <laughs> we got to kill time and then someone came up, wiping his right, ass right someone now. came up to the group as we're standing there and they're like he couldn't hold it the fuck i could and like have you ever ever had it's like you know when um, <laughs> <laughs> I had a, tan, a light tan suit on, there was no way
1: I was risking anything.
0: Yeah, it was. Oh, man. Listen, when you got to go, you got to go. Oh. But when.
1: A, a life lesson was learned that day don't stuff your face with greasy ass pizza in between shows. Yeah.
0: And, you know, a, some of the things that happened in my life um, were spurned from conversations that I had with you off stage or whatever. And I remember. One of the first memories I have of interacting with you was you had come into a rehearsal and I don't remember if it was the read through or what but you would come into the rehearsal excited about you had just saw Batman Begins with Christian Bale and you talked about like this is the superhero movie that will change was the Was that su- about that time? Yes, it was no 2005, shit. yeah this is the superhero movie that will cha- that changes the game for se- and like you went into this really sort of rich and like um in-depth review and like that weekend i went to see the movie and i'm like it can't be that good and i'm like he was fucking right <laughs> you know i'm really good at sounding smart sometimes and then i came back to rehearsal after after i had seen the movie and then you and i had talked about the movie because like I was excited about the fact that, like, the end of the movie, spoiler alert, um, they basically revealed that the next movie is going to feature the Joker. Right. And they did it in a really cool way. With the card, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And he's like, I'll look into it. And then, like, or or however he talks. (laughs) He had that ridiculous voice. I'm not wearing hockey pants. (laughs) I'll look into it. Um, But uh, we were talking about, like, just who who would play the Joker and who the greatest Joker ever was and all that kind of stuff. So, like... At that point, there were only, like, three Jokers, but... Yeah, I mean, Cesar Romero from the show. Then you had... Um, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, who I don't really care for as the Joker. What? And then, yeah. We're
1: yeah. not talking about my show. We're talking about Joker now. You don't think Jack Nicholson was... Why not? Wait
0: till they get a load of me. Yeah, I just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm not
1: okay, but he but he
0: even has said he looks back on that. it's like pop art, it's like it's yeah pop. and and like I thought that if they had made that movie say ten years before when Jack Nicholson was younger and a little bit thinner and a little more um you know a little bit more malleable and manic. Um, I would say yes. If he wasn't so Jack Nicholson, yeah. it it just I don't know. That movie. I was not a fan. The, now, Batman Returns, I loved, but the original Batman, I just, I don't, I don't think it was a great picture. It was, it was okay.
1: You're saying that Jack Nicholson, We were just talking about Pacino before. Like after Pacino and De Niro did Heat, there were a lot of movies Pacino did where he was just like a version of Pacino. Instead of being a great actor,
0: he was yeah. just Pacino, right?
1: And you're saying that's what Jack Nicholson I did. Don't, and, I
0: don't think that Jack Nicholson was being Jack Nicholson in the movie. Um, honestly, I just, I didn't it i don't know it just didn't connect for me i just had a very different picture in my head for the joker but i also didn't see the movie when it came out it wasn't until i was a couple years older that i had seen the movie and of course oh um, cuz
1: you were you were probably only like 10 i was born or in 85
0: yeah so that movie came out in 89 80 i believe so yes. so by the time i actually saw that movie i was watching um the series on television, Batman... um,
1: With Mark Hamill as the Joker? Yes, with
0: Mark Hamill as the Joker and Kevin uh, Conroy as Batman. And to me, that was like, it'll never get better than this. Right. And, you know, whenever people talk about the greatest um, Batman or the greatest Joker of all time, they often get left out of the conversation because they're just the voice actors. Right. But, like, for me, I think Mark Hamill ruined that batman for me i think that kevin conroy ruined that batman for me
1: you know that um i just was having a conversation with a a good friend of mine the other day who's an incredible professional milwaukee actor Mm -hmm. and uh, i was talking with him and and a director friend of mine and the three of us were talking about acting and he made a comment along the lines of If you're acting on stage, somebody should be able to have their eyes closed and understand what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. Like, they shouldn't be looking at you to get all that stuff. So to bring that back around to Mark Hamill being the voice actor and the Joker, that's what he
0: was doing. He was acting using only his voice. Right. And look how successful that was. Yeah. And then, like... I didn't know it was Mark Hamill when I was a kid. I right. didn't know, hey, Luke Skywalker is the voice yeah. of Batman, and that still blows my mind to this day that, right, he, right. that he, you know. But um, <laughs> but as you were saying, um, so we talked about Batman Begins, and then we had literally that really sparked um, a shared love of movies because um, you and I both love movies. You and I both love talking about movies. Yes, yeah. Um, and sometimes our opinions are... Different.
1: Well, I, yeah,
0: I think that's what's interesting. I would really
1: love to see Bruce Wayne Sr.'s will. <laughs> <laughs> I would be... Thomas, uh, Thomas Wayne? Thomas Wayne, yes. I see this is... <laughs> um, well, I would
0: assume that in his will, he probably left everything to... Bruce. Bruce. Brucey, baby. In a trust that was... Um, overseen by Alfred, Alfred Pennyworth. Um
1: yeah,
0: Wills. I just be curious though. I think wills are you know. tricky. Um I I don't know. I don't want to talk about wills because I'm not um an expert. expert. Yeah, I'm not. And certainly um you know, don't want to have talk to anyone about wills if they're not an expert.
1: You and I saw Joaquin Phoenix in Joker, together the together, first time, yes. and that was—I I can't think of anybody I would have rather seen that—that that, that movie with—that was uh, an experience. It was holy shit. Uh, that that same—I'm I'm pretty sure that same summer, uh, Uncut Gems came out. Yes, and it was like the first week that the Joker came out, I. S- my my memory's a little hazy but i saw each of those movies 3 or 4 times in the first week it came out like i was i couldn't get enough of it i i just kept going to the theater and drinking it in and dude uncut gems like
0: so first of all the joker you and i saw it together mm-hmm. i think dana was there too yes yep and i know that the term has become cliché sitting on the edge of my seat uh huh but I think for both of us, we were both sitting on the edge of our seats. Were
1: we like holding hands at yeah, one point? Like, like it's
0: you grabbed my shoulder at one point. Yes. Like it was the way I describe it to people who haven't seen the movie. I, I say when I went and saw the movie, I was uncomfortable for most of the film, and they're like, "Well, what was wrong? The seat didn't work?" No, the 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 content of the movie, how well acted it was, just the. It was so visceral, I said it I felt uncomfortable. I said there are things that happen in that movie that just are so um so well put on the screen that it f- it just it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. And I don't want to ruin anything for anyone who hasn't seen the movie. And you know, it's been out for four years now, so I hope that you have. And if you haven't twenty nineteen.
1: Oh Christ.
0: Um and I, I hope... COVID go, time. Go see the movie if you haven't. It's on HBO Max. It's worth buying at the store. It is, it is a clinic in a character study for mental health. And um, Joaquin Phoenix, who is maybe the best actor of his generation, puts in uh, an award-winning performance. He's, he's, it's incredible. It was incredible. so good. And I look forward to the sequel. But there's a part in the movie... Dude, that fucking... That
1: fucking. I'm sorry to cut you off. That fucking bathroom scene. Have you like taught? Have you seen what how what what they were doing? Like they had to kick everybody away, and it was like that bathroom scene is one of the most gripping because like. We were just talking two seconds ago about like somebody should be hearing your performance and know what's going on, but in that one it was all motion. He came in and he's upset about what has just happened, and then the music starts playing and he starts dancing. And that that turn, that's a that's an incredible scene. That's incredible. Uncut, have you seen Uncut Gems? Yes, um, dude. I think the Uncut Gems was this uncut gems was the same way that it started off uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but it was like a clamp like a vice grip that just got tighter and tighter and tighter through the movie that and how they did that i don't know but it was fucking amazing that
0: movie um was an anxiety ridden um terror train yes yes it was unbelievable and it was just like nonstop. like just when you like like i need to catch my breath from everything that i'm seeing and and they they just hit you you again yes and the safety brothers just boom 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 and adam sandler was just phenomenal in the film and like for anyone who thinks and i and i'll be the first person to say most of adam sandler's films are hot garbage Mm -hmm. like you know disgustingly uh, hot garbage you're right um and so I've been saying for a long time when Adam Sandler puts in a dramatic performance and I'm talking about like punch drunk, love rain over me. Um, he's uh Spanglish. He's such a good, serious actor. But when he did uncut, I remember seeing the trailer for uncut gems and thinking this is like, this is the time for Adam Sandler to finally get his due. And he didn't. And he didn't. I mean, th- the performance was lauded, obviously, um, and rightfully so because he was brilliant in the film, but it just wasn't his year to win. And um, that maybe even was the year that... Um, Joaquin? That Joaquin won. It had to have been a film. Um, or maybe it was uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio for that Covenant... Or, uh, Revenant? Yeah, Covenant, sorry. Um, Revenant movie, I don't know, but like Adam Sandler acted his ass off in that movie, and man, was it just...
1: Dude and and the the little things they did in that movie where they were f- they were finding like real pawn shop guys and yeah. real the the real KJ and the real guys to populate this movie in a way that it 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 just
0: oh. yeah and it's the first thing i've ever seen um Adina Manziel in that i didn't like throw the remote at the tv <laughs> she or,
1: would like dude and, and
0: or what's her name uh John Travolta Pronounce uh, Adele Kazim or something oh, like yeah. that. yeah, D- dude, it's that thing we were we we had a discussion this week about like
1: when you're in a comedy, what makes it funny and what doesn't. It's not you, like it's it's playing the the real part of it. Not that Adam Sandler's always playing grounded, like Little Nicky, what he was the son of Satan or something like yeah. that. You know, that's it's not grounded, but his uh, his. Like those translate it's like Jordan Peele going from comedy to horror. Yeah. When Adam Sandler goes from comedy to this, there's a there's a specific authenticity sure. that, that he's got that like I don't know, that uncut Chubs blew my fucking mind.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> to, I,
1: to quote Adam Sandler from the It blew my fucking
0: mind. <clears throat> I uh I saw the movie on Netflix and I enjoyed it, but like I could feel like my blood pressure was through the roof. Oh like, yeah! This is such an in that movie the the ending was so shocking to me that I after I saw the movie I was like in silence for an hour because I'm like I don't know what I just saw but I knew that I needed to see it again so I gave myself a couple of days. I watched it again, and I had the same experience. Like, just my heart was pounding And out you knew my what chest. was going to happen yeah, this time. But still, same experience, and yes. that's how good that movie is. It's ridiculous. Um, so good. I just, so good. I don't know. I love movies, and I, I, I'm guilty of watching the same movies over and over again. But, like, when I find a performance or a movie that I like, I just can't help it. Hey, you got to, sometimes you got to just... Rip, rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah, rip the Band-Aid off. <laughs> I don't know
1: off. why I picked that moment to do that, but...
0: Um, but um, I've probably seen There Will Be Blood 500 times, and that's probably not an exaggeration. I was just
1: going to... Is that a real number?
0: Yeah, like that's... I've, I've seen that movie, and I feel like every time I see that movie, I see something that I missed the time Is that before. the movie you've seen the most of? I mean, it's, it's got to be. That and um, As Good As It Gets, Jack Nicholson.
1: This is one of the things. I'm I'm an atheist. I don't think there's an afterlife. But this is one of the things that I think about would be interesting if I was ever standing at the pearly gates. Mm -hmm. I would want to know all the stats on my life. How many breaths did I take? Oh, yeah. How many times did my heart beat? Um, How how many hours
0: of sleep did I get?
1: Yes, all those weird stats. That would be super curious. And I don't... I don't like some of my favorite movies like Pulp Fiction, um uh the uh the uh, the No Country for Old Men. Oh. The movies that I can damn near quote. I didn't even realize, remember, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago they brought back a lot of movies like they brought back Pulp Fiction and Reservoir yeah. Dogs. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, at that point I hadn't seen Pulp Fiction and like I was shocked by how many how many little phrases in my everyday life, twenty years after the movie came out, were still coming from that movie. Like, but I don't know if I've seen either of those five hundred times. I'd be surprised, like even pulp fiction being in my life for thirty years, I don't think I've seen that a hundred times. I've seen it I don't know, maybe thirty or forty. Maybe 30-ish, I would guess. So 500 seems staggering to me.
0: Well, and I'm talking about, like, there was a point... I mean, the movie's been out since 2008, I want to say. Um, I was watching this movie every single day. And...
1: So, that I mean, mean, a year, that's 300 right there. Right. You know, obviously. I used to fall asleep to heat. I mean, if you're going to fall asleep to a movie... Well, yeah, I mean, not not purposefully, but I right. would always wake up to Val Kilmer in the big fight, sure. in the big uh, Easter morning shoot. I think they filmed it on Easter Day, and um, a Heat is a movie I could talk about for quite a while. Yeah,
0: I mean, they've done they've taught college courses on uh, Heat. Yeah, dude, the the military actually
1: uses Heat to train guys in covering people during a retreat. Sure, Like it's that, like that guy, they put that, you know, there was, they made heat before in the eighties with like terrible actors. And
0: I mean, that doesn't surprise me.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, it's weird. Like you see the old actors doing these scenes that you're used to, but it's, it's faces you would recognize when you saw the movie, but I can't remember their names. And yeah. It's,
0: I mean, most Movies that came out of the 80s were pretty awful. Music and movies in the 80s what were...
1: Shut your mouth. Music, no.
0: Yeah. No. Oh. The only good thing... The only two good things musically to come out of the 80s... You know this is being recorded, right? Yeah, I know. Um, hot take. Michael Jackson, Prince. That's it. I mean... Uh-huh.
1: Michael Jackson is problematic, but if those are the only two artists you have out of the 80s, that is still... I think that's a lot better than what came- the '90s were—a desolate wasteland of music for me. Now, I should preface that by saying I graduated in '93, so I feel like in high school, the first part of the '80s, there was still good stuff going on. And, sure, um, but like the last, the last six, seven years of the '90s were obnoxious for me. I remember to the point where I remember seeing the incubus song on mtv where they say pardon me while i burst into flames yeah and it was like a breath of fresh air because i was like this is new and interesting and sounds amazing whereas this i remember looking around for music so hard in the late 90s and i couldn't find shit and it was all it was i I think it was a turd turd a lot of
0: turds um yeah you're not wrong about that probably not as many turds as the 80s but definitely a lot of turds but
1: you're talking about like dude some of those
0: change my mind what what in the eighties musically was?
1: Well, so I, the the first thing I'll sound off on is bands like uh, like I think Bon Jovi is one of them. Okay, I, I get my chops busted a lot about, by um, about Bon Jovi, but like Richie Sambora is one of those guitar players that. Balance that line between wanky and self serving and masturbatory, and that you can sing along with, you know, like that Brian May. Like when you, when people hear uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. everybody sings the guitar solos too, yeah. And I think Richie Sambora did that for Bon Jovi. And then Bon Jovi's got songs like Living on a Prayer, they were hopeful, it was sugary, yes,
0: and it was. I mean, but and I, I get that. I do. Like, I can understand why people liked some of that music. The police? The police. Synchronicity.
1: Dude, every breath you take and walking on the sun and wrapped around your finger and King of Pain, th- like, there was a, there was a, the 80s were a songwriting place where when you, like, just a couple weeks ago, um... A friend was talking about like some of the indie stuff from the 80s, like the what do they call it, the Q101 alternative brunch or whatever it is. And you go through and listen to those songs and they're four or five minute songs that have intros and beginnings and middles and codas and changes and key changes. And and nowadays it's like two, three minutes and there's its first chorus, verse, chorus, and that's it, you know. There was there was really interesting stuff going on in the eighties. I mean, the keyboard stuff. There's there's stuff. The keyboards were like, yeah, come on. I man. think
0: it's. I mean, obviously, me saying that the only good thing to come out of the eighties was Jackson and Prince is an exaggeration. Right. Yeah. But you know, I, I love the Police. I love the Police. Very very great band. But like, yeah, I, mean, eh. I think. Probably the most forgettable decade of music because how many one-hit wonders existed? I can hear people
1: throwing their phones across the room right now. Let them throw them
0: at me. I love (laughs) Billy Joel.
1: So that's the other thing that's that's going through my head right now is that like a lot of the bands that I would like I would sound off on like Aerosmith they were seventies as well. Sure, and um, um, Billy Joel like Piano Man was the 70s. Sure. But he was doing really interesting stuff in the 80s. Like I just uh, this morning, I had a a Billy Joel song come up, The Innocent Man. Those chord changes and those chords he's got, dude.
0: Yeah, I think I came in and, there was another Billy Joel song playing, and I said, "That's a great song." I can't remember what it was though, but that was an you know an A. D. D. Oh, moment. that
1: was yeah. Maybe that was maybe that was an innocent man. But
0: um, yeah, I love Billy Joel. Billy Joel is a musician's musician.
1: But it, it, would he really be eighties? Like he was. He was.
0: I mean, Uptown Girl.
1: Right, but Piano Man, all those other those. Bruce springsteen got his start in the seventies, and he was bigger in the eighties.
0: Sure, but so you, when you say eighties, but you could also argue that. Bruce Springsteen without the E Street Band is not nearly interesting.
1: I've heard really interesting stuff about <clears throat> Springsteen. Like everybody understands that Springsteen's got a certain voice and he's a storyteller, and but somebody used him as an example one time about the music business like if Springsteen had been starting out in today's not i mean 2023 is different i'm talking about 20 years ago we sure. were having this conversation where if Springsteen would have been starting out his first two albums weren't that good but the somebody at the record label understood that he had potential and backed him whereas in the early two, you know 90s 2000s when it started to be when we started to get a lot of those huge shifts in there, they wouldn't have stuck with him. So how many Springsteens are out there that didn't get, their their label didn't
0: stick with them? Sure. And they're... Also, you know, I don't know how much older you are than me, and I guess it doesn't really matter, but I was born in the mid-80s. So a lot of the 80s music is I was born
1: before that.
0: slightly (laughs) i was born five minutes before that you don't need to be specific but um so like 80s music is i don't know there's a just the 80s (laughs) seems incredibly corny and um, there was a lot of that bubble gum and just madonna i mean like a prayer I, i mean i remember madonna's music and i remember her videos coming out and stuff like that and not that madonna i didn't like madonna's music but it just wasn't really for me i there are a couple of songs by madonna that i love um like a prayer no that's not one of them um what i mean i like the song but i don't love the song um but like madonna's one of those artists where like randomly her songs will get stuck in my head for some reason and it's like why is this stuck in my head i don't even like this song um You know,
1: do a deep Google the baseline for like a prayer one time. The, the, the backstory behind that bait, like, I love, I love it. I love it. um,
0: It's going, we're going super niche. That's okay. Speaking of music. Yeah. Speaking of music. um, And I know, you know, I didn't, I had no uh, sort of. I usually prepare for these things and I have questions and notes and like, right, these are these the things we're going to talk about? But then I thought we've been taking
1: notes on each other for years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With our fingers. Yes. Um, You're going to give me the notes after
0: we're done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then post it to my only fans channel. But, um, there, um, the thing about our friendship, it's very organic. And very spontaneous. You and I, before I even hit record for this podcast, we're talking for two hours.
1: Yeah, about two hours, yeah.
0: And, you know, that's the way it is for you and I. Whenever we're in the same room together, we usually have to be told to leave. <laughs> I mean, Last night it yeah, happened. Last <laughs> night, you and Dana and Shannon came to see sister act. And then you, you know, I, I met up with you guys in the lobby and we're just standing there shooting the shit and just having no time and laughing our asses off. And then, you know, I, I'm face, I'm facing you and you're facing, you know, the door and you're, and all of a sudden I hear, Oh, do you want us to leave? Yeah, we got to leave. guys, We got to leave.
1: The, let me just take this moment to say that you were very good in sister act and for the record, I think you're an incredible performer. I think you are a criminally underrated. Uh, the 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 one thing that I saw that really sticks. What are you laughing at? I'm not laughing. Okay. The one thing that I saw I saw you in the I almost said perfect couple. I apologize. Odd couple at yeah. the uh, at the roadie. A couple that was with the
0: fleeing, fleeing artists. artists. Yeah, yes.
1: yeah, dude. Like you were so fucking good in that show. Like your sense of timing and your authenticity like i'm in awe like i'm not i'm not blowing smoke up your skirt because you let me on your podcast like you like you were so (laughs) legit good in that It, it was it was phenomenal it was a joy to watch it was a joy to watch you last night you always stand out in the in in the dude when you were the lion in the wizard of oz like you are always fantastic and I love watching you and I can't get enough watching you on stage.
0: Well, first of all, that's what she said.
1: <laughs> you know, you've mentioned OnlyFans <laughs> twice now. I'm I'm doing a search on OnlyFans to see if you're on there.
0: You um You do what you want to, pal. But anyway, um First of all, thank you. um, I hate talking about myself. I'm not one of the people who likes <laughs> that's why I wanted to take a minute and-, and I appreciate that and let me just say this um i I think probably you and I both were students of the craft of acting, and I'm not saying that to sound pretentious, but I think you and I are very similar in that like we love the art of acting and getting into a character and, and like the process right in the yes. process and then like having a scene with someone and just the emotion like that i love the idea of like being an actor for me is an escape because then i don't have to think about life and i get to be someone else and i get to i get to um, wear someone else's skin, Jeffrey Dahmer. And- but
1: you're very good at inhabiting somebody else's skin, and that's a pleasure to watch. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's that thing where, like, we watch Joaquin Phoenix and, like, why did that work? And we try, like, we talk about this stuff because it's. Y- there, there are people who love acting, but th- they. Dude, I don't want to sound like a dick here. Like, they're. they're I think you and I get along very well because we are curious about how to be better. Sure. There's, there's some people that, um, that, uh, that, don't, that don't do that, right? That sure. Don't, they want to show up and do their lines, and they do a wonderful job, and I'm not taking anything away from that. But I think one of the reasons you and I click is you, when, you, when you're around somebody like you, you want to, I always hear, like, if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to find a different room. And I always feel like that around you. I always feel like... You, Likewise. You, uh, thank you. I, I, I feel like you are are, are challenging and you have a, a, a different perspective than mine and I always really enjoy being around that.
0: I think we both have... Um, ADD? In, yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> so that's an episode for a different day um, along with Will's. But um, you and I have brains that work differently than other people. And I think that's what it is, is we, we, you know, the, the average person sees an apple right on a table and you know, Oh yeah, it's an apple and it's red and it's, you know, it's an apple and you can do things with this apple. I can't wait to see where you're going with this go on. But you and I look at an apple and say, how did it get here? Who put it here? Why is it facing in this direction? Why is there a dark spot here? What am I gonna do with this apple? How many different things could I do with this apple? Right. Should I eat this apple? Should I put the apple over here so that it does you know, like you know what I mean? It's almost yeah. a, it's an obsessive sort of thought process. And and again, not to sound pretentious, but like anytime I do a show, I try to approach things in a way that I don't want people to think this is just Norgy, plain Norgy. Blah, blah, you don't
1: blah. want to be Jack Nicholson as the right. Joker, just being Jack Nicholson saying right. the Joker's. I lines. don't want
0: to be Al Pacino in *Scent of a Woman*. What? Yeah.
1: Come on.
0: Hoo-ah. Yeah, I don't. Maybe that was a bad example, but you said you said it before. Like, there are some of those actors who basically are playing themselves in film now, and I, he's one of them. Robert de Niro is de Niro's one
1: of, them. one of them, I mean he's fucking De Niro, he did taxi driver and all this right. other stuff. he did heat, but after heat, those two, what have they done that's really fascinating and interesting since then
0: nothing to really to speak of but so anyway, that's how I think you and I approach so, and I think that's why we click so well because we just have a very um, we have a very uh abstract way of looking at things and. And we just love theater so much, and we love acting, and we love movies, and the art and the craft. And I think that's where our relationship is just very, very solid. Is that we share that love and passion. And so, whenever you come to see one of my shows, um, I'm I'm always excited that you're in the audience. We t- we talk notes yeah. with each other, and like- I don't
1: I don't. And it's not, it's not a place of, like, this was shitty, this was great. Right. It's a place of, um, I, I really, over the last couple of years, have been really taken with the idea of, like, it's not good and bad, it's choices. Right. So are there different choices? Are there other choices that would have worked better? So. Well,
0: and just, like, you made a comment earlier before we, you know, started recording this. And obviously this is sort of goes back to what I was saying about how we see an apple. You said that there's a scene in the show, um, Sister Act at P M and L Theater by the way, um, sold out, uh shout out P M and L. But um you said that I sit down on the chair and instead of just sitting there, I'm doing something with my hands where it's like a nervous sort of inflection because the guy that I'm playing um is nervous around um Dolores, the lead in the His show. His literal nickname is Sweaty Eddie right. because he's so nervous, right. right? And I know what that's like to sort of, you know, rub your hands on your legs because your palms are sweaty, or to just, you know, fidget. And like that's that's what I'm alluding to. Most people would just see the guy sitting on the chair in the scene talking to Dolores. You saw the subtlety of what I was trying to do, which was,
1: yeah, like.
0: You it's know. also because I was in the front
1: row and I was at ankle level with you and, and like and, yeah. yeah, but but that's what I'm trying to say. And that's just one example. Like So let, let let's ask, was that a conscious thing or was that an unconscious thing? The the things you were doing with your hands?
0: Yes. It was
1: both. Yes. Okay. I my comment was that was something that that maybe I picked out because i 've seen a lot of theater, but I think audiences are still very savvy. they would see you, and they wouldn 't be able to go oh he 's playing with his hands that 's something that he 's doing to indicate da 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 i 'm not even saying that 's what I did, but they would they would understand that there 's an authenticity about you in that moment. Because they're savvy and they, they, we're all humans. We all pick up on body language, right? Sure. No matter who you, no matter what your level of acting, you can tell when somebody walks in the room and they don't like you by how they turn their body towards you right. and away from you, right? So that's one of those little things that it's like a little signal to the audience that I think the audience picks up on and understands that you're, you're being authentic in that moment.
0: Well, I've been like, when I think about my own life, I've been there before where I've, I'm in a room with some a girl that I really like, and I don't know, like... I'm, I'm in a room with a girl I really like right <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but yes. But, like, the nerves and, like, what am I going to do? And I can't, like, I, I'm such a loser, and I'm not good with women, or I, I don't know what to say. Yes, or, yes. You know, I know that she... Obviously, she wants me to sit next to her, but I'm going to go sit on the opposite side of the room and, like you know, nervously. All this under stuff. Right. yes. that's, That's me. And I'm like, so me, like, rubbing the sweat off of my palms and having, you know, being nervous, yes, that's acting, but also, like, that's me, because that's what that's like.
1: Bro, I don't know how many times in the last couple of weeks I've had conversations with people, and I'm like, excuse me, I'm like haven't you ever been... There was a, an instance where I saw somebody in a scene who was a waitress in a, in a restaurant. And my comment was, haven't you ever been a fucking waiter or a waitress? Have you ever eaten at a restaurant? You know what that dynamic is like. Right. And the ability to go, what would I do in this situation? And right. And how would that... That, to me, is the key. And there's people that go well, I'm going to do this line for laughs. Or there's people that go, fucking Harrison Ford said this. He said, um, he he was talking about this. He said he was a waiter in a scene and uh, some director was busting his chops and goes, yeah, when uh, um, uh, uh, one of the old school, super old school movie stars, when he walked into a room, um, you knew he was a movie star. And when you walk into the room, you you're just a waiter. And Harrison Ford's like, I'm supposed to be a fucking waiter. <laughs> and the interview goes the interviewer goes and where is that director now that was saying you do that? And Harrison Ford goes turns around and goes, uh, can you bring me some more coffee?" <laughs> So that's the,
0: that's like,
1: you know, that's like the, the, the thing, like when you, you understand in that moment that you've been in a room with somebody you're attracted to and you understand what happens to your body and instead of thinking like, How do I look good? How do I do my lines right? You're like, how do I feel in that moment? Right. And that's what happens. And then that comes across. That's what Harrison Ford's doing. Yeah. He's like, you know, if I had a seven-foot-tall shaggy dog next, you know, like,
0: how would I really do in this situation and use that to be authentic? But, like, making that connection and then having the audience sort of pick up on it is, like, that's like the adrenaline of theater is, like, just and i love movies but there's something about live theater where like you're seeing it unfold in your ver- in front of your very eyes there's not 10 takes you don't they get can't to stop it back. right you have to get it right then and there yes and when you do get it right it's like the best feeling in the world
1: and right could mean 10 different things on 10 different days right yeah
0: exactly and like you know again calling, coming back to that situation i've been in a room with a girl that i really liked and man it's embarrassing to think about and to talk about but then i think about i'm i'm literally putting out a side of myself like showing people like this is probably how i would be in this room with this girl because i'm just socially awkward that way right and so um you know that the just little stuff like that but again that's the way that our brains work because we Sort of hyper focus on tiny, tiny, tiny little details, and that's not to say, like you were saying before, it's not a knock on other actors. There are some really good actors, stage actors, some of which we know who, you know, again, they show up, they do the lines, and they do a good job. And they're they disgusting.
1: It's disgusting because they're so talented. Right, and They don't work right. at they it. Right? They
0: just show up, breathe, and then leave. Yeah. And they're and man, that was the best breath I've ever seen. <laughs> um, uh, you know, and I can I can think of. Um, a couple of people who were just, whenever they were in a show, I'm like, that just, the legitimacy of of this show just went up a notch. Gary Stamm is the first person that comes to mind. Oh, Gary. Man, if Gary Stamm was in a show, I'm like, man, this is going to be... As the, long
1: as he's not trying to make it... that's a, He's a funny guy. Yeah. He is
0: one of those dudes
1: that's super funny all the time.
0: Um, when you and I were in... Um, Duck Hunter? Duck Hunter Shoots Angel, and I think that was 2015. Um, and I auditioned for the show, and then when we got the email, what? I think it
1: was 2014. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I only remember because there was... A, I changed jobs sure. that year, and I moved that year, and that was right around that time. But I
0: remember auditioning for that show, and then... You know, hoping I got cast, but then like when I saw the email with the cast list and I saw your name and I saw Gary Stamm, I'm like, I don't even care. And Len Mackey. Yeah. Len Mackey was amazing. Another great yes. um, uh theater actor. I was like, this is gonna be I don't even care how well the show does. This is gonna be one of the best experiences. And it turns out I was fucking right. It's it's you know, the the
1: preview night incident I've heard recently is legendary in some
0: circles the preview night incident of
1: of us breaking character oh
0: well let's um let's move on let's let's talk about that for a second let's talk about it for a second for a second how long are we going to record for um well right now we're at just under 50 minutes <laughs> and we haven't even got talked about to, what we want to talk right, about right right and we will i promise and listen when I recorded the episode about my mother's death and everything leading up to it and everything after that, um, that was like a two-hour episode, and it was very, very hard to get through. But I, you know, I try to stay within a format. Like, okay, I want to keep it at an hour because that'll keep people engaged for forty-five minutes. But then I decided it's going to be as long as it is. I'm not going to, you know, that's what she said, <laughs> you bastard. That's three now, and um, you know, I'm not going to try to edit things out or cut things out like oh we shouldn't have said that someone like I, it just let it be what it is. So anyway, um that show, that particular show we did um in the very beginning, you and I came out in a um a car on stage and it was a very small sort of car like we stage. were cr- two right. adult
1: males crammed right. in
0: there. We were like shoulder to shoulder pressed up against now, each other. Now the car already is very, very small, but like Two grown men, one of which, you know, Matt, you're in, in good shape, and I'm not. Um, I believe that when I did that show, I was probably like 300 pounds. So, you know, it was already tight quarters. But then we got pushed out on stage because that car obviously didn't go by itself. So we got pushed out on stage, and we got into the spotlight where we we're supposed to be. That was, that, that was way near the top of the show. It, I believe it was our first scene because yeah. before our car breaks down. Right. Or we're looking at the. There was a
1: scene before that where I'm like talking with Gary Stam, who was my boss, and he's like, You got to go down here on an assignment. Right. And And then you're the photographer and I'm the journalist. Yes. So that
0: was our first, that was my first time on stage in that show. And so we come out, we get pushed out on stage, and I couldn't even tell you who it was that pushed us out on stage, but we, you know, we're supposed to get, you know. And And it's preview night. So it's the
1: first night in front of an audience. And for I mean, probably most people listen to this know us, so they understand preview night. But for those who don't, Hmm. preview night is the last rehearsal before it's like the final dress before we open. Right. And at the theater guild, what they do is they give everybody in the cast and crew a couple of tickets, mm-hmm. so that friends and family can come see us. Right, they get the benefit of seeing the show for free. It's mm-hmm. a it's a volunteer theater, so that's part of the what we get. Right. Uh, you know, is. But we also get the chance to practice in front of a live audience, right?
0: To find out where the laugh lines are and where the yes. pauses are, and, and just to get used to the cadences.
1: Yes, and so all week we'd been busting our asses on this, and when even on a comedy show, things aren't fucking funny, right? Until you get in front of a live audience, right? So,
0: but even so, like in any show, many of the things that are the funniest happen off stage, right? So. Matt and I would get in the car ready to be pushed out on stage, and then, like, we're taking selfies. And, like, I'm passed out, and there's I believe I have a picture of it on Facebook where I'm like passed out, and you're making a face. We're farting in the we're car, farting, yes. you know, and like we can't get out of the car, we can't run away. Like, we're literally just dr- moments from the right. going out on stage, right. right? Like, we're driving through, um, like we're driving through Indiana, it smells so bad, <laughs> and uh, it's like we're driving through an Adam Sandler movie, it stinks so bad. <laughs> Uh, I've oh. been through. I was born in Indiana. I
1: can attest yeah. to what it smells like. You know I? who
0: else was born in Indiana? Michael Jackson. Really? Great things come from Indiana. Axl Rose. Okay, most great things come from Indiana. <laughs> yeah, the, the Jacksons were born in Gary, Gary, Indiana, which smells. But anyway, so you know, we're farting, we're burping, we're just whatever. So we had done this part a dozen times. Right. Yeah, like okay. This is what we are. And obviously, we got to get pushed out into the light because everything else is dark and it's supposed to look like we're driving. And so here we are, first audience, we're excited, we get pushed out on stage, and we don't even get a line out. by the, the audience. T- right. By the time we get set in the car on stage, the audience, there was like a slight smattering of laughter. Titter. A titter of laughter? Yeah, a a speck of (laughs) laughter.
1: Yes. (laughs) I dare say. There was a smattering of laughter. That's quite
0: humorous. Yes, yes. I had a chuckle. I guffawed. Um, So... It started very, very innocently, and we were trying to get the lines out. And then the laughter built and built and built and built. And I don't know, it felt like we were out there for five minutes before we got to actually start saying our lines. It felt like five hours, bro. And like my recommend, my
1: recollection is that we couldn't start. No. We couldn't start because the audience started laughing, and we're so close to each other in this yeah. fucking car yeah. that like you're you're shaking trying to keep it in, yep. and and then I start shaking trying to keep it in, and we're get, so you had the first line like you said something and I said what. <laughs> And so my, I remember very long time. Everybody's laughing. They see us shaking. That encourages them because it is an audience that's on our side. Right, of
0: course. These are people we know and love. We know and love. They
1: know and love us. Right. You know, we would. We were not. We're not people that easily break on stage. Right. And the the you get your line. We finally get your you get your line out. And then I'm like, I can't inhale to say my line because I'm going to chuckle if I do. And so I think I get calmed down and I inhale to say, what? <laughs> and instead I go, what? <laughs> and that starts us off again. <laughs> and the the thing that I remember the most is like, I mean, it's it's embarrassing. Like, it's funny, but it's embarrassing to break on stage. Right.
0: And we didn't do it on purpose. No, we tried we're not really, really hard to keep it to together. keep it together. And if, for the, again, for the people who know us. It is very easy for Matt and I to burst into laughter at almost anything. So for us to like be at the point where we're bursting at the seams just so we can get through this part without laughing, we made it quite a long time before we broke. So the, the
1: the the I've spent a lot of time at the Theater Guild and. I mean, since I was literally eighteen, I've yeah. been working at the theater. Ninety-four,
0: yelled. right? That was your first.
1: Ninety-three, I 93. auditioned. Yeah, so it's thirty years this year. So, um, Jesus, I know. Fuck me. Um, the that's, this that's is sad. one of the two times that I got yelled at was for this. The Doug, the director, came in and just looked at us in the intermission and goes, "That won't happen again." And he left.
0: We were like, you know, that's the thing that's like worse than getting. Was it? was it intermission I thought it was almost immediately like he was waiting for us when we came off stage to tell us oh I remember him coming in the dressing room so we were at least in the dressing room
1: I thought it was intermission because he had been upstairs but it's the it's 10 years the eight years ago so I'm yeah I I couldn't verify to that part of it in a court of law but it's um that was uh, I still
0: love that show that show yeah um there's some lines in that show that always get me.
1: Did, did I tell you that I met Mitch Albom a couple of times? No. Yeah. Mitch Albom, for those who don't know, is the playwright of Duck Hunter Shoots Angel. He also wrote Tuesdays with Maury and... A smattering of others. The Five People You Meet in Heaven or mm-hmm. something like that. And I will never forget this because we were on tour at the time and um, the uh, the Super Bowl with Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake sure. and nipple and um we were on tour in cincinnati and uh we were the, the um live recording was just coming into sure popularity around then so we're in the basement of this house this house is packed with people and we see it and we're looking at each other what the fuck just happened? was that her nipple what the hell's going on and the owner of the house came running downstairs because the big tv downstairs you could rewind live tv sure so we rewound that we we're like what's going on the next day we were on mitch albaum's show and that's all they were talking about <laughs> and uh um you know, he wrote Tuesdays with Maury, and that's a heart-wrenchingly, like, decent story. Mitch Albom was like a high-pressure sports agent, and he kind of left it to, to do good stuff. And that's part of what no- Tuesdays with Nori is. No- Tuesdays with Maury was about. At the end of our—we um, we, play—we didn't talk much, but we played a couple of songs. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, I said, hey, Mitch, I just want to say, you know, I read a couple of your books, and I loved them. And he was kind of snarky with me. He goes, oh, rock band that reads. And I'm like— you, like, yeah, rock bands read. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, get like I, it was like it put a little bad taste in my mouth. And the, the next time we were on a show, me and our drummer actually ended up in the elevator with him. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was like, it's weird when you, in situations like that because it's like.
0: That's like when they say don't meet your heroes. Yeah,
1: it's like this guy seems to be so nice outwardly, but he was kind of kind of you know i'm trying to be nice and chat him up a little bit and i've i'm sure he's a very nice kind
0: of person mitch if you're listening sure i love R- you write bro. your next show about me um yeah I, I i mean i've met a couple of celebrities in my life and um the nicest one i ever met was kurt russell i'll bet you he, yes. he came through the drive through at wendy's no shit I swear to god he was in, in a, kenosha or racine or um the one on 94 and and uh highway no 50 shit. yeah um, I worked at Wendy's. It was my favorite fast food job and I and realized it's strange to say but I enjoyed working for Wendy's. And um, shout out Wendy's, but please make the junior bacon cheeseburger 99 cents again. Seriously. If I run for president ever, that is going to be the platform. 99 cent junior bacon cheeseburgers. You me fucks. And so um <laughs> and so he he came through the drive-through. So again, he was in a limo, but he was in the back. So the like the limo pulled all the way up and he was the one at the window and I was working the drive. No shit. Pati- yes, that particular day, and um, I remember he ordered a spicy chicken sandwich meal, and um, gave him his stuff. And I was like, uh, I was like, I'm I'm a huge fan of so- Snake Pliskin. <laughs> <laughs> Such I was like huge fan. I was like Big Trouble. I started naming off his movies like an idiot. Like he didn't know what his resume was. <laughs> In case you yes. forgot, yes. you were in Big Trouble in Little did China. You, do you remember that one? Do you remember Overboard. That one? You were in, you know, just- It's like uh, Pauly and Tony Soprano. Hey, yeah. Tony, you hear what I just said? <laughs> um, but there's a particular movie he did um, in like 1995, and I, man, I can't remember the name of it, but the movie is basically um, he and his wife are going on a road trip, and- he goes. He stops at a gas station to. I know which one you're talking and about. And the car gets sabotaged. It's, it's like
1: Billy Bob Thornton's in it. Yeah. U-turn.
0: U-turn. Is it U-turn? No. Um, We're hold reaching on. for IMDB. Yeah, let's do it. Um, man, I just I love the movie so much. It's uh, not U-turn. No. Uh, Kurt Russell.
1: Ninety-seven. Sean Penn. Okay. No, it's not. Never Sean mind. Penn's not in it. You're right. So it's not U-turn. You're um, right.
0: Man, what the hell is it called?
1: This is great podcasting. We're I know. <laughs> I know.
0: Hey, if Joe Rogan can do it with twenty million listeners, I can do that.
1: Guy, that guy.
0: <laughs> Bring it up on the screen.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, if um, I
0: just type in Kurt Russell, executive
1: decision? No, that's not no. it. No. Uh, actor. See all. Are you in? Breakdown. I Breakdown.
0: Breakdown. You
1: busted. That's uh, an eighty song.
0: Yeah uh the cop truth. two 1997 breakdown it's called but um him and his wife are on a road trip the car gets sabotaged um they abduct his wife and basically hold her ransom and you know he finds out that there's like this big conspiracy and so i like anyway I'm, I'm off on a tangent here but i was like dude i was like oh i loved breakdown i said i know that's not one of your biggest movies i said i love that movie and i watch it all the time blah 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 and he's like hey Hey thanks man i I always like meeting fans. Could I get some extra mayo? <laughs> And in that, I was like, okay, so Kurt Russell just doesn't give a fuck that I love his movies. (laughs) That's fine. That's fine. Like, listen, if I'm going through the drive-thru myself, and I'm I'm not Kurt Kurt Russell, right? But if I'm going through the drive-thru. Mitch Albom in the elevator. He's just trying to get home. Yeah, he just wants his spicy chicken sandwich. And I, I get that, right? I get irritated when I'm, like, in the grocery store. And someone recognizes me and says, "Oh man, I loved you in that thing that you did, the the Lord.'" <laughs> and I'm like, "Man, I just, I just want to buy my graham crackers and go. You I just know, want
1: to buy my sweet chili Doritos.
0: Yeah, sweet chili Doritos. That's amazing, Carole. Shout out Frito Lay. So, anyway.
1: What what are we at time wise now? An oh, hour,
0: Jesus, uh, an hour and three minutes. Jesus, no. Uh, yeah, I, listen, I got the timer right here.
1: I believe you now. Um, I, the first time I looked at my watch was fifty five minutes ago. So we were going for eight or ten minutes before even yeah. started. Yeah, and that's what she said. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how are you getting so many in there? That's
0: what she said. Yeah, um, but she did. No time. No time. Um, so. One of the things that I wanted to talk about, and this is kind of the reason that we're recording this episode, obviously mm-hmm. having a conversation, um, which, you know, we've spent the last
1: hour uh, and three minutes, hour and four minutes. Right,
0: riffing on things. And I, I, before we get to that, I just want to circle back to one thing. And I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, because it needs to be said, and I'm sure that it's going to be said at some point. We've referred a lot to the Racine Theater Guild. We have. Um, and it's a theater that for almost 20 years of my life I was involved with and for those of you who don't know um there's some tension there's beef there's unresolved conflict it's not a it's a breakup it was a breakup and it's not a very pretty breakup and it's not it's not going very well right now and there are some things being said and some shots being fired And I will talk about that when the time is right to talk about it. But before the conjecture and the rumor mill gets going any more than it already has. Yes, it's true. I resigned from the board of directors for the Racine Theatre Guild. I have essentially um, recused myself from involvement with that organization. That's not to say that I'll never go back there ever, ever, ever again. But right now, the likelihood of that happening is next to nothing. Um, And I don't want to turn this episode into a negative direction, but since we um, have talked about the Theater Guild a lot in this episode, I just wanted to say that, but also to bookend it with this, which is to say that I was there. I I mean, I graduated high school when I was 19 years old, 2004 In 2005. I went to the Theater Guild to exchange my tickets to a show called My Way, which was a Sinatra review. Mm -hmm. And when I went there to do that, I saw there was a poster for the Music Man and they were having auditions, auditions. And that's where I started. And so from the time I was 20 years old to now, and I'm 37, Um, I was involved and I, we did a lot of great things there and I was involved with a lot of great things there and I'm proud of the body of work there, but things happen sometimes. And again, I'll get into this at some point down the road, but, um, I love the Racine Theater Guild. I love the organization. I love the people there. I love what it means to the community. I love what it means to me personally, but, um, Sometimes things just uh happen the way that they happen, and i'm i'm uh I've responded in the way that I've responded, and it's what it is so again, I'll talk about it at some point, but um I just wanted to take the time to at least acknowledge it because I know it's being talked about, and that's fine but um some people might be listening to
1: this just for that. right
0: right, and that's fine listen I, I get it. There are some people out there that are probably like, "What's he gonna say because this is the first episode I've done since I all was of it wondering
1: happened. what you were going to say
0: <laughs> um and that's fine and <laughs> we, me. we wonder some more and I listen I've had conversations with you Matt off microphone and with plenty of people off microphone about the situation and I have a lot to say and I'm sure that they have a lot to say, and that's fine um and I will I will again I will have a conversation at length about this and you guys can you know listen to it or not um but you know things happen um and there are some shit bags that um are shit bags and uh, with anything in life that you encounter there are people that you don't like people that rub you the wrong way people that treat you um like you're nothing for the purpose of treating you like you're nothing and um you know some of those people deserve to be called out and they will be called out and they have been called out but mm-hmm. aside from that um you know I'm not going to I'm not here to firebomb the place right um,
1: and it's I think there's a little bit of not to interrupt you no no um I think there's a little bit of too what we we touched about touched on earlier in this episode is that e- e- there's there like some people look at things as opportunities. Sure. Right. And I, I mean, I think that's when you're prevent presented with evidence, you got to decide how to handle the evidence. And you and I have talked about things that we've done that are cringe. Sure. And, uh um, we try to take those in and, address and it, we, we try to, to to soak it in and go okay is this something I can address next time but one of the biggest I'm getting off track there's 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 opportunities right and I think that's um, you know in a situation like this there's opportunities to listen and see if things t- need to be because change ain't easy no and um th- th- that that'll tell you a lot a lot of times you can know somebody for a while and unless there's some sort of tension you don't know how somebody's going to act in the, those uh, those those moments yep. so th- and that's kind of telling so um that's that's what i think there's there's things that happen and you can go oh shit i fucked up or you can go i didn't fuck up and then
0: well and i think everyone has their own sort of idea of what they think the situation is and what they think uh, or how they think it transpired or how they think this or how they it think it is that. transpiring, yes. Right. And um, you can call me a lot of things in life, but a liar isn't one of them. And um, really? Yeah. That's I,
1: one. I mean, I feel like you've been lying to me this for an hour and 10 minutes now.
0: Well, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Everybody lies. Cracking. No. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> But, um, you know, I—obviously, there's two sides to every story, and and this is no different. Um, but obviously, each side of the story is representing their passion about the subject, and so it seems a little skewed, and that's fine. But, um, you know, like I said, I'll address it some point down the road, and you guys can— Take it or leave it. Right. Um, and I don't really care which, so— uh let's talk in the positive though. Um one of the things that um that you are heavily involved in, Matt, is music. Um you are a I've been
1: known to dabble from time to time. <laughs>
0: I, I, I dabble in I've picked up I put her around. I've I've plunked out a few keys. <laughs> um but I mean ever since I've known you, you've often have a guitar in your hand or you are um at the piano or you're writing music or you're working on a song and um, I know that you have had different iterations of bands and things like that but um, you told me a couple of weeks ago that um, you had some um, some really cool things coming up and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation was to give you the opportunity to talk about the cool thing that's coming up so I'm going to give you the opportunity to do so.
1: Yeah, so the, um, a good friend of mine, Zachary Scott Johnson, who he and I met when we were both young at the aforementioned uh, Theater Guild, uh, but he, he's a wonderful musician. His, he makes his living playing and teaching music in St. Paul, Minnesota now. And um, I've had over the last year a couple of opportunities to play with him, He's invited me to play with him, and I, I thought there was wonderful opportunities, and those got me thinking a little bit about playing more acoustic shows on my own, the way he does. Um, you know, again, it's the he he's so wonderful and so warm and caring, and and such a phenomenal musician. I mean, this guy literally, like he'll he'll um, the last time I played with him was for a Tom Waits tribute show, and um, he just literally picked up the violin and the mandolin and played along with me and i mean we rehearsed but it's that that rehearsal where we got together and played the song once or twice before the show and it was like oh change here change here and we're off and everything clicked and he he's so brilliant he's so brilliant so any anyway he 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 kind of You know, I haven't, you know, with COVID and everything, there haven't been a lot of opportunities for live music shows. And he kind of woke that up in me a little bit. And it's like one of those stupid moments where it's like, when I played that Tom Waits show with him, it was in St. Paul. Nice. And I'm driving back and there's a seven hour, six, five hour drive back or whatever it is. And I'm driving back going, man, I should call that place and go play a show there. Like, wow, whoa, whoa, that's a long way away. And then it's like somebody smacked me in the head and went, dude, Matt. You know, there's opportunities to play in places in Kenosha and Racine, right? right. So it was like a like like a like a, an epiphany. Yes, it's like, duh, Matt, go play in Kenosha and Racine. So I started. I got back and I started reaching out to some people, and one of those people is Joan Rory, who's uh, um, she's uh, one of the most delightful people you'll ever meet. And last year, she opened a micro venue in Racine called Social on Sixth. Um, I've been
0: there. It's very, very nice. It's very cool. And if you
1: know Racine at all, there's the Sixth Street Theater, the Overhead Players. And then the next storefront to the west is called roberta's it's a restaurant it's very good food yeah and then the next business to the west is jones mm-hmm. social on sixth
0: which is right on the corner there
1: right, right on the corner yeah, yeah of college in uh sixth uh, street yeah and uh, it's a micro venue so she's not she they don't have regular hours they don't have regular events it's only open for special events so i reached out to her and said hey i'm you know i would love to to start playing again would you and she, yeah of course and simultaneously while this happened i mean I, I don't know if this is interesting stuff for a podcast but years and years and years ago i used to drive a taxi and i had a i had a i had a situation where i drove someone to a safe house, which was called the Women and Children's Horizons. Mm -hmm. And um, that, I won't go into the whole the whole event, uh, but that 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 moment stuck with me over the years. I mean, this is before, I mean, this was when I was like 19 years old, right? And so the moment stuck with me to the point that not too long ago I ran into the I had the chance to meet the current director of the Women and Children's Safe House. And we got to talking about, um, you know, what they need They're critically underfunded w- women and children's horizons, it, their website is wchkenosha.org. Please go there. Please take a look at what they do. If you can help out, donate in any way. Um, so I volunteered my limited skills as, you know, if, if somebody needs something fixed or painted or uh, a leaky faucet fixed or something, I, I, I'm pretty good with a screw gun. Give me a call and I'm happy to help out. And then... Again, it's that epiphany where about the same time I was talking to Joni about a show. And so I thought, why don't I use this show as an opportunity to raise a little bit of money for the Women and Children's rise sure. because they're so underfunded. Uh, you know, I have a day job. I work a day job. So I'm not in Zachary's position where... It, not that Zachary would never do a benefit, right? But uh, you know, I I can do a show like that, and um, and um, why don't I? Like Joni's not going to pay me. She's the money they make that evening is going to be from drinks at the bar and tips at the bar. Sure. So, so I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm promoting it as a, as a solo acoustic show. It's March 24th at social on 6th from seven to 9 PM. And I'm just going to have out a couple of tip jars and anything and everything that we raise that evening is going to go right to the women's and children's horizons. And what they do is they are a safe place for battered women and children. So, women that have been abused, they they help get them out of the situations, help find them stable housing, and it's a, it's a great they they do a great job over there. And um,
0: a lot of advocating for for victims. Absolutely,
1: yes. Yeah. So so, I'll be a hundred percent honest. Talking about this is a little weird for me because. We've, you and I off camera, off the podcast have talked about, um, I just want to make sure that I'm, let's put it this way. I just want to make sure that I'm, that I've got my, my priorities in the right place for this. So I'm not trying. So, so that's what I want to do. Like, it would be nice to have people come to the show, but even if you don't come to the show, look up the women's and children's horizons and make a donation. I'm, I'm, I'm.
0: It's a weird balancing act for me. Sure, um, I, and, and I get it. Like, and sorry to interrupt. I get no, it cause, please, like, yeah. you, I think it's one of those things where you're you want people obviously to come out and appreciate your artistic sensibility, and it's going to be a fun night right. with a bunch of friends, right? Yeah, but also your thought process is if I'm doing this and I have the opportunity to pay it forward to to give back, why wouldn't I take the opportunity to do whatever I can to do so? And I get that. And I think we can all appreciate that. Now, here's my question, Matt, because I know how good you are. I know that your music has been um, licensed and published and um, uh, used, and um, you're very, very good. Now, I know that there are some people maybe that can't make it out to the twenty on the twenty fourth, which mm-hmm. is a Friday, I believe, right? Friday the twenty fourth, yeah. Um so is there a possibility that perhaps we could set up like a, a Venmo or a or a Cash App thing so that if someone still wanted to contribute um to women and children's horizons in the name of what you're doing, that they could do that?
1: I am I am not interested in like having it done in my name. Well, but, but they I'm can, saying
0: but like to help support your mission. Right. So th- that's
1: what they need to do is leave me out of it. Go to wchkenosha.org, and mm-hmm. there's a donate button there. Okay. And it will go directly to them. So any money you know i want joni to have a successful thriving business sure. i don't want to take money away from her so that's why i'm not we talked about payment i was like no don't pay me you're going to she's going to make money from selling drinks and from tipping the the bartenders sure. that night right so that's that's where i think if, if you're hearing this and can't make it go to the website org mm-hmm. and make a do- there's a donation button there make a donation and just they are really underfunded and uh uh, and every everything helps you know 10, 10 bucks to them might help with diapers or formula
0: or and 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 make no mistake about it despite the fact that they are criminally underfunded they never make excuses they still provide the same level of care and advocacy and service with the money that they don't get as if they had coffers filled with cash and they never do but like yeah i mean the this is the kind of organization that whatever you can give, they will stretch a penny into a dollar if they can yeah because it's,
1: it's 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 a great organization you you very definitely understand that this is not um e- this is hard for me to articulate i uh, I try to be careful with the organizations that I donate to because there are organizations that Maybe the money doesn't go enough to the people who need it. Right. And this is one of the organizations where they're on a shoestring budget, and the money goes towards the people who need it. So it's a every penny. So from my point of view, you know, every people might feel differently, but uh, from my point of view, this is a, a place that, um, and and I've already had I've already had a couple of people mad I can't make it and hand me money. So that's encouraging. I'm I'm really looking forward to whatever I'll be able to 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 give back. Um, you know it's a, it's a weird it's a weird thing doing something like this i have struggled with it in the past because in the past i've had 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 the goal and the vision of being a full-time musician sure and when you're in that position and you want to do a show if that's your only if if playing music is your only source of income then it's hard, it's more difficult to play a show for free because you that's your that's your job that's your it's like it's like playing a show for exposure well exposure doesn't pay rent right? right um and um playing a show you know so so this is one of those those moments again where there's opportunity right in the past i i've struggled with playing shows for free at a benefit because well uh, like I'm trying to make this my career. At that right. point, I was more career oriented with it, and uh, uh, and now looking back, it it was even though it was times where I was career oriented, there was um, there was ways we could have done it and been supportive and and.
0: But you're trying to protect your social, or I'm sorry, your your intellectual property and your in your work and everything, and it's not it's not, not great. So much protect, but, but it's you're, but you're also like I need to make ends meet. Like, well,
1: somebody's the, there's gas to put in the car to right, get there, right? right? You know, so that's why at this point in my life, I don't need to worry about making sure I get paid at a gig like this um, because I would rather have that money. You, you and I were talking about this. You did the same thing. So you, you're doing an event, somebody wants to pay you, and finally you said, okay. Pay me, but I'm still gonna donate the money back to the right organization. Right, you know, if Joni was, Joni was on board. First of all, she was shout out to Joni because she's on board with the mission of the Women's and Children's Horizons. Right, Joni does amazing. She has events very often, the the badass women events. Sure, and uh, where it's um, uh, networking opportunities for women to come talk to each other. I think. I can't say enough about Joni and Social on 6th and what they do there. It's well, a fantastic place. And it's,
0: it's a locally owned business. Yes. So in addition to supporting a really good cause, which is the Women and Children's Horizon, you're also supporting Joni at Social on 6th because... and you By know, just buying beers. Right. By just buying beers like you drink, would normally do. Buying yes. a cup of... You know, whatever the case may be, but like also like maybe people who have never heard of her place... Or have never been to her place are now being exposed to this place, and it's a lovely place. And no, I'm not. I'm not. Were gonna you, say, not were you at the karaoke? Cario- you weren't at the karaoke Broadway. No, Car- I think that was a
1: night. Was that a I night know. of the Mermaid?
0: I I honestly don't know, but I've only ever been there one time, and I don't want to make it about that. But okay.
1: I went to. I, I've been in there a couple of times, yeah. and, and the 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 last time I was in there was she had a Broadway karaoke night, and it was so much fucking fun. Like it's just like a bunch of us theater kids getting in there and belting out theater songs at the top of our lungs and just yeah. supporting every. Like it was so much fun. It was so much fun, and the place was fucking packed. Yeah, I I saw if pictures I
0: get, and video, and
1: if I get a quarter
0: of that many people to my show on the twenty fourth, I'm gonna be ecstatic. Yeah, and. And so when I did go there, the one time that I've been there, um she was very very nice and like was so excited to tell me about um the place and was so welcoming and was so warm and you know she treated me like she's known me for her whole life and she's like she's so cool. She's like, "Hey, can you help me turn these like there she's got some like sconces on the wall with mm-hmm. candles and I'm helping her and She's got paintings and, and cool artwork on the wall and I'm straightening that out and I'm like, man, I love this place. This is this is really, really cool. So um so yeah.
1: And shout out to you because you're helping me with the show. I mean, am I though? Yes, you are. You're providing some lighting.
0: Yes, which I forgot to bring, like a um like a piss flap. We- I <laughs> <laughs> we've got some time bro yeah. we've got some time I, to put that together I, I apologize but yeah you're in the I,
1: middle I, of, an, uh, of a show like yeah. He, and
0: yeah but um, it's not about me actually it is Wow, well, it's about the good work that you're doing listen well, uh, I, you said it earlier uh, you don't blow smoke I don't blow smoke I know how talented you are and I know that you would give me the shirt off your back uh, if it helped me out and so to be able to take um, your talent and use it for good, which is something that like turn on the news, go on social media. There's so much negativity and conjecture and and finger pointing and mudslinging, and like there's not a lot of people being decent. And so to 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 take, which
1: is why we have places, that, which is why we need organizations right. like the Women and Children's Horizons. and
0: and full disclosure. Um, I grew up in a home where my mother was a victim of domestic violence my sisters were victims of domestic violence i have family who have utilized the services of women and children's horizons i know people who have utilized the services i've done benefits with the women and children's horizons you don't have to sell me on the idea um when you told me that you were doing it that's why i got so excited because i know the good work that they do and they're unsung heroes in this in the city and they do such good work and they're criminally underfunded so For someone to say, hey, I'm doing this to help them out, why wouldn't I want to at least say something or get you here so that you could put the message out there? So um, March 24th, Friday, social on 6th from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Matt Specht doing um, a solo acoustic show.
1: Yeah, th- and uh, my buddy Joe Manessi is going to be joining us oh, for he? a couple of songs. Yeah. Cool. Chef Joe is going to be joining me. I'm excited about that. He's uh, uh, He's been one of my best buds for years and years and years, and uh, he's we we're, we're there's never a guitar very far away from us when we're hanging around with each other, and we're always singing songs, and this was a chance for him to... Um, to uh he doesn't do it in front of people a lot and uh so uh, yes please joe jump up and uh play a couple of songs with me so those are those are a lot of gonna be a lot of fun he's got me playing a country song so that's nice a, which that, song that's or wait song. don't don't ruin it
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't spoil it i'll 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 see it on that friday but if you can come uh to the the fundraiser the benefit Again, it's on Friday, March 24th from 7 to 9 at Social on 6th and Racine. For those of you who know the area, it's literally two doors west of 6th um, Street Theater, the Over Our Head Players. They
1: share the space with Roberta's restaurant, so the door will actually be open between those two. Sure. So I'm planning on grabbing a bite to eat before the show. And why not? Um, and Matt's As long as it's not
0: greasy pizza, pizza that makes me shit in the well, middle of the show. But at le- well, we won't go there. But... Uh, <laughs> Just don't do it in the money bucket. Um, but uh, <laughs> Matt will be playing. Matt will be playing a, a, an acoustic set, and you said Joe Manessi is going to join you for a couple of songs. Two, three, four songs. Um, yeah, and uh, he's going to have a a bucket. And if you can give, great. If you're coming to support the show, great. Um, we just want people, or Matt just wants people to know. Um, more about Women and Children's Horizons um, to give money to them so that they can use it and apply to many of the services that they they provide. But also, if you can't make it to the show um, and you still want to contribute, wchkenosha.org, there's a Donate button on the homepage, and you donate that way. However you want to donate doesn't seem to matter. Just donate, whatever you can. And it will be helpful. But I, I'm telling you, like Matt said before, even if it's just a buck, five bucks, ten bucks, whatever you can give, that's the kind of donations that make a difference in an organization that provides the services that they do. This isn't this isn't a government funded organization. They don't have or maybe they are.
1: I met her at a government budget.
0: Okay. Well maybe maybe meeting. they were maybe they were asking for funds. I don't know. But like this isn't you know this isn't um this isn't something that the taxpayers pay for like they're not you know they don't have millions of dollars coming in yearly in grants right they they just get the bare bones um stuff they depend heavily on the goodwill and generosity of normal people giving
1: there is yeah there's an element to that i'd i'd have to uh, it's been a couple months since since we were in that uh, meeting so i but I don't want to speak out of hand. I yeah, don't want to speak no, out I get it. And, and
0: and certainly like what they do goes far beyond the money that is contributed to their organization. So if you can be there, again, Matt, tell them when and what and how.
1: March 24th, 7 to 9 p.m. There's no cover charge. There's no tickets. You just show up. And if you can't make it, uh, wchkenosha.org wch women and children's horizons kenosha.org wch.org
0: um and since this is a a show obviously for those who know you and know that you're so musically inclined do you have um like a a facebook or an instagram or a a a music page that people could follow and check out your no it's just
1: the, the band has a music page, and I've posted this there, but since this is an acoustic thing, it's just been my personal pages, so if you look up Jumpy Matt on any of the socials, it should take you pretty close to me. And
0: Any plans for uh, the band?
1: Um, the I mean, that's a great question. I should have come up with an answer beforehand. I mean...
0: Sorry to put you on the spot.
1: No, it's, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, You know, the the year before COVID, we went through a lot of changes in 2019, and then COVID hit, and we haven't really... You know, we've, I've only been doing acoustic stuff for the last six, eight months, something like that. So it's... it's. Um, but that hasn't stopped you from writing
0: songs and, and, no, and stuff. So the, I know you've been busy with that.
1: The first six, eight months of COVID, like, that was all there was to do was, like, I put a lot of stuff on SoundCloud that was, like, new songs. Like, I did more writing, like... I had to stay off Facebook because it it was so terrible. Yeah. So the only other thing was to pick up a guitar and uh, it's one of those things that I wasn't doing theater, I wasn't doing this. I'm I'm doing a lot of theater now. So the you know, not having theater to do, I just picked up a guitar and like it was very Um, you got to remember, like I was in snowdance at Sixth street theater when COVID hit, like I remember going there and, oh, we've got one case in Chicago. And it was like, we had one week left and we're all kind of nervous. And, um, um, so I, I had been in the, the 10 months before that was another reason the band there was going through a lot is because the 15 months before COVID, I think I was in eight or nine shows back to back. Sure. So I had all this creativity that I was just doing all the time, and like all of a sudden, no theater, no nothing, and
0: you needed the outlet it had to go
1: someplace, right. yeah. So, it, it's it's one of those things. Lately, I've been really focused on theater. Being a being in a band is like being married to three or four other people. Yeah, and an accountant and a manager and all these other people. Like it's it's a really weird thing. And so lately being able to do theater where okay, that show is done and I can take a break now. Right. Bands there's not like a break. Acoustic shows I can get ready for a show coming up. And then I don't have to like I'm setting my own schedule for the shows, right? Whereas with a band, there's a lot more pressure to like more shows, more tours, doing albums, so rehearsals, all that stuff. Where do you rehearse? Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's intense, and so the so the band is is. Um, It's it's not a door that's shut by any means. Like I'm playing, we're we're here today because I'm playing music, right? And uh, it's going to be a lot of a lot of original stuff at that stuff that's never been played by anybody by me before live. Um, But it's a it's a it's a process. The big thing is like we have to decide what a band looks like for us now, Um, and we just haven't done that yet. I mean, I'm sure that conversation will happen when it's ready to happen. That's that's what I that's that's like my overarching thought is that
0: like it'll happen when it's supposed to, right? Because if you force it, then you can tell when it's forced. Yeah, that's what she said. Um, <laughs>
1: the cops are coming right now right? because. Of that. But also,
0: I know at least one of the members of your band, and yeah, they're all solid guys. And I'm not talking about from a musician standpoint i'm talking about from like they're just human beings, right decent human beings, and so. they're all just very reasonable people so i don't think that there's any pressure that or any sort of idea that like you guys are not going to get the band back together that it's going to be filled with contention it's just a matter of making sure someday it'll happen and you guys will have a conversation we're doing it for the right reasons right.
1: and we're doing it in the right way and right uh, yeah
0: right and so, uh, so again, March 24th, Friday, um, uh, Matt Speck doing an acoustic show, uh, special guest Joe Manessi. Uh, it's a benefit for Women and Children's Horizons in Kenosha. Um, it's at Social on 6th on the corner of College and 6th Street in Racine and um, raising funds for Women and Children's Horizons. If you can't make it to the show, you still want to donate. You still want to see what they're all about. Uh, WCHKenosha.org. Uh, you can donate on there or find out all of the wonderful things that uh, Women and Children's Horizons do for the community. And we're excited also uh, for sort of the return of Matt to to
1: play. Yeah, this right. is my first solo show in my first so full solo. Like I, I played with a thing called the International Pop Overthrow, which was great, but it's sure. a half hour set. There's not a lot of time to settle in and, and, and have some fun, so this is going to be a lot of fun. So, well,
0: well, Matt, we've been going at this for... That's what she said. ...an hour and 37 minutes. So we're done now? I, I mean, unless you've got anything else you'd like to say. I have one final thing I'd like to say. Yeah. Smell you later, Poopsicle.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that, my friends, is what you call full circle. Um, someday, when perhaps when you're older, I'll tell you the story about the origins of smellulator poopsicle, the great poopsicle. Um, but I um I can't say this enough. Um, yeah, Matt, you, you um I've always had a tremendous amount of respect for you and your um, intellect and your talents on stage, off stage in the bedroom. Like you are, <laughs> um, you never cease to amaze me. And uh, you, your, your hands are so soft and gentle, but I, you've got those piano player fingers, which are just, you know, magic, You
1: know, comforting, but firm. Yes.
0: Yes. And here I am, I'm trying to be sincere and I'm being a complete creep, but um, I'll stop being a piss, flap, piss flap for a second and say, um, you are welcome to be on this podcast anytime you like
1: you know Um, my number call me and i'll call uh, you We'll
0: put it together yeah i I always love talking with you and again we didn't really have a plan except to talk about the benefit but how i mean we talked for an hour before we got to the benefit right actually more like an hour and 15 minutes
1: We'll just cut, uh, just make it a 15 minute podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just cut all the other shit out. I'll just turn this one episode into 10 episodes. um, And it'll still be better than Game of Thrones. Yeah. Sorry. Another hot take before I end. But anyway, uh, thanks for all of you for tuning in. Um, Hopefully, um, you know, you've, Listen to the other episodes. Check them out if you haven't already. I'm I'm sorry it's been so long since uh, I've done one of these. Um, We need more Norgy. Yes, we need get on this. We need all of it. Um, (laughs) but um, hopefully make this more of a regular thing. There's just been a lot that's happened um, since the last episode, and and I apologize. Um, Never apologize. You
1: are who you are. It is
0: what it is. Um. So anyway, thanks for listening. Uh. Thanks, Matt. Spect for. Uh, joining me today thank you Nor- again uh, one more time march 24th it's a friday seven to nine social on sixth um, matt's doing an acoustic set to benefit women and children's horizons wch uh, again social on sixth wonderful wonderful place um, it's going to be great i will be there i'll see you all there hopefully uh, matt's return to um, to live music in quite some time so uh, thanks again for listening and i will talk to you guys sometime soon see ya